Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's time. It's time. Let's go. It's time. There's a part of me that wants to just stop there. There's a part of me that wants to say, I'll see you after the game. But I'm not. I'm not going to do that. This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And here we are Monday morning, and the Steelers play tonight. If you're like me, you just sat through an entire day of NFL action, and you felt like the kid on Christmas Day who is so excited to open up their presents. They run down the stairs, and underneath the tree, they just see presents galore. The stockings are filled. Everything is beautiful. There's a bike with a big bow on it. There's a little puppy over there in a crate. Oh my goodness, mind boom blown. And then you realize the Steelers don't play. So now all of a sudden you're the kid that says, oh, are you serious? I don't get to open any of this stuff. I literally have to sit here all day and watch all of these other kids that I know get to open their presence, and I have to just sit and watch? Yes, that is what it was like. That is what it was like. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it because any football is better than no football. But at the same time, my gosh, I was just sitting there like, man, Monday is going to take forever. You're at work. You're sitting there looking at your clock, and then you get home, and you're waiting. Okay, 7 o'clock is going to roll around soon, and and then it's going to finally be here. It's time. It is time. It's time for these Pittsburgh Steelers, these 2020 Steelers, to get back onto the field, to put the product out there. And if you listen to my show on Friday morning, you heard my prediction. You know that I think the Steelers are going to win. If you want to know the exact score and all that jazz, go back and listen to that Friday episode of Let's Ride. I think it's worth it. Um, if you're looking for my picks and how I did, well, let's just not talk about it, okay? I'm going to chalk this up to... I didn't know... <laughs> I'm going to talk about that more in the second segment. We'll get to that. But the title of this episode is The Table is Set. The table is set. It's time to go. It's time to eat. It's time to. It's time for this thing to get started. And I want to talk a little bit about what should fans expect from this team. And and there's this is something that is totally. I wouldn't say it's meaningless because it do, definitely does have meaning. But for me, I'm like, is this really that important? Well, it depends. It depends on who you talk to. So let, let me go a little bit further. For me. I am someone that has always been enamored with the minor decisions in coaching. I used to coach. I was a high school varsity coach. I didn't coach football, but I was a varsity coach. It was the sport of lacrosse in case men's lacrosse in case anyone wants to know. And I was, I've always been infatuated with those minor little details of the game, no matter what game it is and the decisions you have to make as a coach. And so in, in terms of football, I've been thinking a lot about what should the Steelers do? What should the Steelers do if they win the toss at MetLife Stadium? Do they take the ball 
or do they kick it away and let their defense go on the field? And so I put a Twitter poll out there on my Twitter feed. You can follow me at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore capital P-I-T, short for Pittsburgh. And I just said, if you're the Steelers, if you're Mike Tomlin, how are you handling this? Now, 99.9% of the time, if you ask me this question, I always come back with the same answer. I am going to kick the ball away. I want that first possession in the third quarter, the start of the second half, and I want to put my defense on the field and let them get after it. That's what I want to do, period. But then I start thinking about things, and I start. I listened to Ben Roethlisberger talk on Wednesday of this week, and he's talking about nerves and how he's really nervous and how he was nervous when they had a Friday night practice. He just felt jittery. And how he said he's he's gonna he knows his knees are gonna be shaking. It's going to take him some time to settle down. And I think that if Randy Feetner is smart, he's dialing up some plays that are gonna be really simple, high percentage of success rate. Those plays where it might be a play action bootleg where the tight end releases out in the flat, real easy pass and catch. Just get you just get him moving. Do you want to take the football? and get the nerves out of Ben's system early? Or do you want to put the defense out there and hope that you just dominate? And it was really interesting to see how this played out. There were over a thousand people voted in this poll and the majority said they wanted to kick the ball off. And I understand it. I get it. I get it. I I actually, you know, there's still a part of me because I said 99.9% of the time I would say kick the ball off. There's still a part of me that thinks that's what you should do. But I'm also thinking, I was like, man, It would be awesome. It would be really awesome for Ben Roethlisberger, if he gets the ball, to just really put together a nice drive, puts points on the board, even if it's just a field goal, to get him settled in early. The one thing you wouldn't want to have happen is for Ben to really struggle early. It's going to linger. It's just going to be a rough go to start the game, if you know what I mean. Nonetheless, that's just one of those minutia things about the game. But what can fans expect after the coin toss? What can they expect? I mean, what what kind of game are are they, are they expecting here? I think it's going to be a slow game. If, if we've learned anything from Sunday's action, and I was really focusing on the early parts of the games because this is the this is to me was very telling as to what NFL teams and NFL football is going to look like without any preseason. There's been no inter squad scrimmage. There's not. There's been inter squad scrimmages, but there hasn't been any practices i remember a couple years ago the the buffalo bills did it one year the detroit lions did it another year where they came to saint vincent college and they actually practiced together they didn't have any of that this year and so i was curious are teams coming out fast or is it a little bit more sluggish and slow it it was pretty ugly at first i have to be honest now i did not get to watch every single second of every single game i watched a large portion of the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns game. We'll talk about that in the second segment, but I did get to watch a lot of the new Orleans and Tampa Bay game. I was flipping over other teams and games that I had fantasy FanDuel players in. I was trying to check those out. It definitely seemed like there was a disconnect early in games, mainly offensively, mainly offensively. And so I would expect the same thing to happen in the Steelers game at MetLife Stadium on Monday night. Because it's just, they, they think about Ben hasn't thrown a pass in an NFL game in almost a year. 
it's going to take some time to get him comfortable, comfortable and confident and to get those nerves out. The one thing that I always lean on in this instance is the experience is going to matter. Experience is absolutely going to matter. And when you look at the Steelers roster, offensively, they have some young players, but most of those players, you think about Deontay Johnson, James Washington, they have experience in the system. We know Juju Smith-Schuster does. Is Eric Ebron going to be ready? Is Chase Claypool going to be ready? Is Stefan Wisniewski going to be up to snuff, filling in for David DeCastro? These are things that are concerning, not concerning, but things to watch, I should say. Whereas on the defense, I think the Steelers are pretty solid. I think the Steelers are pretty solid. And it's funny, as I'm talking this out in my head, as I'm going through this podcast, I keep on thinking back to, should I kick the ball off and let the defense go first? And I'm leaning more and more towards my, yes, they should. But still, I think it's going to be a little ugly at first. People need to remember also that the officials are, this is their first go at it as well. They had no preseason games. They were not allowed into training camp facilities to work with players. That's another another aspect of this thing that doesn't get discussed is that typically NFL officials would go to St. Vincent College and they would actually be there making calls and doing all that stuff so that the players got accustomed to, okay, this is how they're going to be calling this pass interference this year. This is the, the, the line of demarcation between illegal contact and pass interference. This is going to be called a illegal hands to the face, whereas this is going to be called a face mask. This is roughing the passer. This isn't. These things have not been happening. And because of that, that could be a little rough as well. So fans need to understand that this whole thing, and I mean from the players to the coaches to the officials, it's going to be a little slow starting. There's going to be added pressure for the Steelers and the Giants playing on primetime. The world is watching. The world is watching. And so players will say they love it. They thrive on it. Don't think there's not going to be nerves. This year has been so strange and so different in so many ways that I don't think there's any chance that either team, any player on either side is going to go into this game thinking this is just another game. No, there's so much more to it than that. There's so much more to it than that. And I think ultimately you come down and you look at this. This is a game that could, could be ugly early. Now, I think that once teams settle in, we're talking the end of the first quarter, you start kind of getting your legs underneath you again, and then it becomes just another game. Anyone that's ever played any sport at a high level and has competed in a situation that is, we'll call it a a big-time game, playoff game, whatever, the jitters typically go away. If they don't, that's a problem. And as a coach, I used to tell my team, if these jitters don't go away, we've got problems. You got to settle in. You got to calm down and realize that after a while, like the stage is just the stage. Regardless of who's watching, it's just the stage. And so I think that the Steelers, being a veteran team, they will settle in. They will be able to actually say, okay, let's get out there and let's just play our game. Let's just play our game. Let's make adjustments. If they're in-game adjustments, because we're not sure what the Giants offense is going to look like, we're not sure what the defense is going to try to do. Joe Judge is a rookie head coach. There's nothing really to glean from. He was a special teams coordinator at New England last year. 
So the Steelers are going to have to make adjustments. We know the Giants are going to have to make adjustments, but I expect this thing to be a little bit sloppy at first. So be prepared for that. If they come out crisp and firing, that's great. Be prepared for some sloppy play early, but I think that the Steelers will settle in and then they'll start making their move. Um, I, I, I guess th- there's really not much more else to say about this upcoming game. We've talked about it ad nauseum. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com has had this. This game has been covered every which way imaginable. And so it's just time to sit back and enjoy it. This, the, Like I said in the, the headline, table set. The table is set. Time to time to get this thing started. It's time to get this started, but some teams have already gotten started. And that's all the games that happened this week. And we're going to talk about that right after the break. Stick around. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Jeff Hartman, your Monday morning Let's Ride podcast, getting you ready for the Monday night game tonight in MetLife Stadium, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York football Giants. But let's talk some NFL scores. This is something that I wanted to do, not really on Mondays, but because the Steelers play. Typically, this podcast on Monday morning is going to be, hey, we're getting ready for the next. This is what happened in the game on Sunday. It's a little bit different. That's going to be Michael Beck doing that tomorrow on Tuesday for the live mic. But for today, let's go over some scores. I want to talk. Let's stick with the AFC North to start because this is where everyone's focus should be on uh, no matter what part of the year, because if the Steelers want to solidify their spot in the postseason, they win the division. Win your division, you lock up a home field playoff game, you're securing your spot. That's what they should focus on. And so I watched the Ravens and Browns. And again, really, really ugly. It was really, really ugly to start on both sides. Baker Mayfield threw a bad pick. Uh, there were a couple fumbles, just back and forth. Just, But then, as you know, as with everything, they settled in and the Ravens started to dominate. I want to say something, though. I was not impressed with the Browns at all. Baker Mayfield, and I've never been a Baker Mayfield guy. I've never been someone that says, I think Baker Mayfield is the guy for the Browns because I don't think he's the guy for the Browns. I thought he was drafted too high. I thought that he was basically Johnny Manziel light. And when I say light, I'm talking about off the field stuff. And so Baker Mayfield did not play a good football game. Nicholas Chubb had a good, a decent game. Kareem Hunt, the same. The Ravens defense was flying around. I'll put it that way. They were flying around Calais Campbell, in the middle is a force. We knew that it was going to look that way. Offensively, the the Baltimore Ravens, I don't want to put too much stock into this because I don't think the Browns, especially their secondary, is any good at all. And so with that being said, that Lamar Jackson kind of had his way, but he, he plays a reckless style of football. There was one time he was going down to the ground and tried to flip the ball to Mark Ingram. It was a fumble. They recovered and everything was okay. But at the same time, it's so tough to just get a feel for these teams early on. We all knew that the Ravens were going to be tough. Are they 38 to six good for the rest of the year? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I, I don't think that this game, the Browns really kind of laid down in this game. After a certain point, you could just tell they were just getting beaten up. And that's pretty damning of Cleveland in terms of that. If, if you have that hanging over your head, they kind of beat you into submission. But at the same time, I look at it and say, okay, are the Ravens good? Yes. Are the Browns that bad? I don't think so. I think they're going to get better. I don't think the Ravens are all that great, though. I just, when I, the eye test tells me that they still have some work to do. Not that they couldn't be great, but they still have some work to do. But the Ravens are 1 0, and the Browns, as they always do, start the year 0 1. What about the other AFC North game? The Cincinnati Bengals hosted the Los Angeles Chargers, and this game was ugly. Early on, Neither team, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Joe Burrow, no one could make any plays. It was scoreless for the majority of the first half. Just just not good football. And again, when you have a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, who's not the field general, he's he's he uses his legs, he's accurate, but he just, I don't know, there's just something, he's just Tyrod Taylor. If you think back to his time in Buffalo, it was just kind of blah. It was like, it's just Tyrod Taylor. He That's exactly what fans saw on Sunday. Joe Burrow. He looked like a rookie who has never played a professional snap in his life. He had no preseason to work from. He was learning as he goes. He made a couple good plays. He looked poised in the pocket. The the stage did not look too big for him. I'll put it that way. And so if you're a Cincinnati fan, that's something you could say, hey, there there you go. Burrow didn't didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. But right when you think... Joe Burrow is going to solidify himself as not only the guy in Cincinnati, but he's going to solidify himself as, you know what? Joe Burrow is going to change the culture in Cincinnati. No more bungles. No more Escaloser. And I say that talking about the escalator when fans are allowed in the stadium. So here, let me lay this out for you. The Chargers are up 16 to 13. Burrow and the Bengals have the ball and they drive down the field. Burrow appears to throw a touchdown pass to A.J. Green. A.J. Green gets called for offensive pass interference, and the Bengals end up having to settle for Randy Bullock. You might remember him. He kicked for a game for Pittsburgh a few years ago. A Randy Bullock field goal. I think it's like a 31-yarder. Might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. What happens? Pushes it wide right. Not only does he push it wide right, he hurts himself. I don't know if it was a calf or a hamstring. He hurts himself in the process. So Randy Bullock pushes it wide right. The Bengals lose 16 to 13 in a bungling way in their 0-1. A game that they probably should have at least sent to overtime, their 0-1. Welcome to the NFL, Joe Burrow. Welcome to the Bengals. Get used to it because at least right now, it doesn't seem like that culture is changing any time soon so that's kind of like your afc north recap there let's go over some other games that went that took place this week thursday night the chiefs and the texans play the chiefs won 34 to 20 if you watch that game i don't know that game was weird there was something about that game that seemed off maybe it was because i'm not used to having live sports that look semi-normal on television but to me there was something off about that game maybe it's that the houston texans just aren't that great uh, and that the Chiefs are that much better, but it, it wasn't impressive to me. But the Chiefs win 34 to 20, and Patrick Mahomes definitely outclasses Deshaun Watson from a quarterback standpoint. Let's go over some Sunday games. Um, 
the Seahawks and the Falcons might have been the most entertaining game. They were it was a high flying affair. I actually predicted this to I actually predicted them to cover and to carry the over and they did. The Seahawks beat the Falcons 38 to 25 down in Atlanta and it, it was a crazy game if you watched any of it. It was back and forth. Julio Jones had a great game. Didn't get a touchdown but had a great game and Russell Wilson looks like he might actually be an MVP candidate again. The Jets and the Bills played. The Bills beat the Jets 27-17 for the Le'Veon Bell watch. He left the game with hamstring injury, uh, I guess tightness or whatever they're calling it. That is a fiasco up there, plain and simple. That is just a fiasco. I'm sorry, but man, the Jets, dumpster fire. The Bills should have won this game by at least 20. They end up winning it by 10. 27-17, Josh Allen had maybe one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life. He was It was a play-action pass in the red zone. He rolls to his left, which is across his body, and he has a wide receiver that is wide open. I mean, there's not a New York Jet green helmet within 10 to 15 yards of this receiver. Wide open. And he throws this thing probably about 10 yards behind him and 5 yards over his head. I'm sorry, I've seen high school quarterbacks get closer. He could have just lobbed it in the air and let the the receiver adjust. Awful. I'm not a big Josh Allen fan, but he wins, and they're 1-0, sending the Jets to 0-1. In a game that was absolutely nuts, I didn't get to watch much of it, but I did see the highlights, the Lions and the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, he brings the Bears back, and they win 27-23. Crazy, crazy football game. There was an ejection in that Lions game where a player was demonstrating what he did on a penalty. He did it to the head official, and he got ejected. He didn't tackle him. He was demonstrating how he hit him. Really weird. Just strange. The Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, goodness gracious, totaling 77 points scored. The Packers win 43 to 34. Who said defense starts first? I know I did. Uh, but anyways, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they make a statement and they look really good. Aaron Rodgers look really sharp as they go out and come out of the gate quick. Now I, I had an upset special this week. I, I said, take the dolphins going to new England. Jeff, I should have silly Jeff tricks are for kids. Uh, the Patriots with Cam Newton and no one else because half their defense is at home watching on the uh, opt-out list. The Patriots win 21-11. to The Dolphins just can't do anything right, and you have to ask yourself, if this is what it's going to look like for Miami, how long until Tua gets put in? Because it was Fitz Magic out there, the guy that every Steeler fan wanted to have on their depth chart somehow, some way, make a trade, do whatever you have to. If he, It's just 11 points against a defense that is good, but is missing Patrick Chung and uh, Hightower and all these other great players that they're just saying they're not playing this year. 11 points. I don't know if the Patriot fans are really jumping up and down, screaming, saying, yes, we're back. Cam Newton's the guy. I think they're happy. There's larger tests awaiting them, I'll tell you that. And maybe the most shocking game for me this week, well, there's a couple. The Philadelphia Eagles go to Washington to play the Washington football team. The Eagles jump out to a 17 to nothing lead. Carson Wentz is hitting tight ends. Well, it is his job. I almost said like it's his job. It is his job. And then something happens, and the Eagles completely collapse. They can't protect Carson Wentz. I think he got sacked seven or more times in this game. 
And all of a sudden, Washington doesn't give up another point, and they their offense with Dwayne Haskins at the helm goes off, and they end up coming back and winning from 17 down. They win 27-17. What a turnaround that game was for Ron Rivera, his first game in Washington as a guy that's battling, you know, as the form of cancer, he's going under undergoing treatment right now. Dwayne Haskins is the starter this year. He's not coming in and filling in. Great feeling, great vibes for the Washington football team. They've been under a lot of turmoil this offseason, whether it was losing the name, the Redskins, and then Daniel Snyder and the issues going on in that front office. This had to be a very gratifying win, not just for the players, but for the entire organization. It is still weird to say the Washington football team, and I'm sure we'll have another nickname for them eventually. But as of right now, Washington is 1-0, and the Eagles, (laughs) their fans are going to be absolutely livid. Here's another game that was surprising. The Las Vegas Raiders travel across the country to play Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, and the Panthers. I watched a lot of this game because I had McCaffrey on my fantasy team. This Raiders team, they did not give up. Their defense was flying around. They held McCaffrey in check for most of the game, but he's just a guy that you cannot hold down for the entire four quarters. He'll get his, and he did, but man alive, the way that this game played out, I can't believe the Panthers lost. They were up 30-27. to They give up a late touchdown. The Raiders win 34-30, to and this is one of those games where you look at the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I don't care if it's week one. You're looking at potential AFC opponents. You hate to see a chance where Raiders could be 0-1. Now they're 1-0. Don't like that at all. In my Survivor League, and for the Survivor League for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to win a autographed Marquise Pouncey football, unfortunately, if you're just now hearing this for the first time, it's too late for you to get in. Over, I would say, well over half of every applicant. We had almost 300, actually, I think we had over 300 people in this. We had multiple Survivor Leagues. Almost half are gone after week one, and I'm one of them because I thought, with Philip Rivers, I felt he still had something left in the tank. He goes to Indianapolis. They're playing the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars, led by Gardner Minshew. And they're basically the, the Jaguars are just trying to get rid of everyone. They're trying. They you know, they they trade for Joshua Dobbs, and then they send Dobbs back. And the Steelers end up getting Dobbs back and a pick a year later. They're dumping Leonard Fournette for nothing. They go. I'm sorry. The Colts in Philip Rivers' debut with a Colts uh, helmet on, loses 27 to 20. I'm out of the Survivor League. That was my pick. That was my pick. I thought there's no way Phillip Rivers, Marlon Mack, who they think might have torn his Achilles, that's a big loss if it is, in fact, an Achilles tear. Um, they, they can't get the job done. Cannot get the job done. The Jaguars are 1-0 and the Colts are 0-1. The, the game of the week, if you ask me, and I'm not sure if it lived up to the billing, but the game of the week, if you ask me, was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady at the helm, with Rob Gronkowski back, with that wide receiving core and Leonard Fournette that they just picked up, going to New Orleans to play Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, who just signed a big lucrative contract, Michael Thomas, and everyone out there, Taysom Hill. This game was very ugly. Drew Brees did not impress me at all. Tom Brady looked awful at times. Again, is it because of the no preseason thing, or is this because there are two aging quarterbacks that, hey, father time is undefeated. We all know this. I don't know, but the Saints win 34-23. 
Drew Brees didn't get me nearly enough fantasy points. And yes, on this recap, you're going to hear me rail on about how I got bounced out of the survivor league at a week one. And on top of that, my fantasy football daily fantasy league was awful too. So the saints win 34, 23 Tommy boy from formerly of Foxborough. He is Owen one. I'm not sure when the last time Tom Brady was Owen one, but it hasn't been often. I'll tell you that. And then in the afternoon games, that was an afternoon game, but the other afternoon game was the Arizona Cardinals and the 49ers. This looked like a great game. I didn't get to watch much of it, but the Arizona Cardinals and and Kyler Murray in his second year with DeAndre Hopkins, they have a special connection. They beat the 49ers 24-20. to 20. So a lot of these teams that people penciled in saying this could be big, this team could do some damage, stumbling out of the gate. What happened to the Steelers? A lot of people think they can do some damage. Will they stumble out of the gate too? We will be finding out in just a few hours, folks. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I hope that you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And everywhere that you're listening, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, does not matter. Subscribe, follow so that you don't miss any of these podcasts. Make sure you check out Brian Anthony Davis and Kevin Smith's pregame was awesome it ran yesterday we're gonna have it up on the feed again today in case you missed it what else is there to say the table is set it's time to eat here we go here we go Steelers here we go I'm Jeff Hartman your host here co-editor of behindthesteelcurtain.com I will be back on Wednesday well you'll see me after the game in the post game I'll be doing the post game show but you'll see me back here for let's ride on Wednesday morning until then remember be safe be kind and God bless